But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I well, I don't know why I went up, and I don't know why I went up there. Uh, I'm always <laughs> I'm losing it, my friends. I am, as always, most of the time. Anyway, is your co-host Brian? I am your co-host Brian. I is your co-host Brian. I can't talk today. Uh, joining us as always is your co-host Spaz. Hello, your co-host Julie. I still am and always will be Julie. <laughs> Good. Uh, your co-host Thorsten. Well, hello. And everything I learned in life, I've learned from Microbros. Oh, my God, right? I need a shirt that says that. I, I, I should see if they can make a shirt that says that. Um, oh, that would be great. <laughs> the military, piracy, uh, space combat, so much. Civilization. Uh, civilization, history. Um we don't know where Jacob is. Uh, he, he's usually pretty on time, but he's a busy guy. He's a busy young fella. He's doing young fella things. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to join us. But my friends, we have excellent news. Um, after, um, after suggestions from both Thorsten and Spaz, we have a sixth co-host. Uh, and his name is David. Welcome, David. Testing, testing. Uh, hello, world. <laughs> you may you you may know uh, David as uh, Devil H on most of the streams. I believe that's that's your that's your handle. I believe Devil D, pretty much, yeah. And uh, Devil D, sorry. And um, and so we were we were we were all like like it just came up that we might need a new co-host, and so we're like, oh, okay, let's add one more. So now we have half a dozen co-hosts. Uh, Oh my God! <laughs> we'll never get anything done. Um, we're collecting. We're collecting co-hosts the same way we collect developers on gotta, Discord. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon. Um, so, David, uh, where are you in the world? Because I'm not sure I remember where you are in the world. We're going to grill you a little bit to welcome you on board. Where are you in the world? I'm in Sweden, in a good old depressing Stockholm. Wow, you're in Sweden. So, okay. I would not have guessed that given your either lack of an accent or or is the Swedish accent just when you speak English so nondescript that you don't really because I can't there's to me there's no discernible accent at all. So oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, you you sound like you sound like you could be from New Hampshire to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or or North Carolina, you know, or or one of those kind of northerny, easterny states in the United States, if you know where any of those are. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm up from there. Okay, so Sweden. Wow. So now we got folks from America, Germany, Sweden, and Poland. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> and I'm. And I'm I'm glad we have found one time during the week where the six of us can make it work. We still we still need one from from Asia. <laughs> okay, we have no one from Asia. That's true, or Australia, or New Zealand. We have no, we have no one from you know Asia or is Australia New Zealand or is its own thing or is that part of Asia or I don't even know. Because I have an American yeah. public education, so I don't even know. Australia, New Zealand is its own region. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. But God, what time is it there right now? Isn't it like 2 a.m. or some crap there? Like, it's like crazy late there or something right now. Um, yeah, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it'd be tenable to get an Australian or a Kiwi <laughs> onto the podcast. If we or could. anyone from East Asia for that matter. Just yeah. Differences. Yeah. It's like, it's like midnight over there. I think now it's like several, several way many hours ahead. So yeah, I don't think, um, so, uh, David, how long have you been into video games? Since I was a little boy, I suppose. Ever since uh, Doom One was released, Doom One. Oh wow, yeah, okay, that's a while. That is a while. So yeah. that's roughly the roughly the early nineties. Oh god, it's three a.m. Yeah. in Sydney. Wow. Okay. So and and you were and you were a young kid back in the early nineties. Yeah, I guess I was probably could I have been maybe five or six when I started out uh, playing Doom so okay. maybe too young for that oh here's uh, Jacob hello oh, Jacob hey Jacob hey, Jacob hello my sincerest apologies uh, <laughs> I had a power outage in my house oh crap oh no why well I'm well, glad you're here at a rather inconvenient moment thankfully I'm only six minutes late anyways I'm here now hello Yay. <laughs> we were just grilling our new podcast co-host David who is in uh, Sweden and uh, ah. one of the countries I would want to move to if, if the, if the crap hit the fan here, uh, which... save up the cash. It's expensive. There. <laughs> oh, I, Oh, we've been saving. Oh, we've been saving. We, we, we think we've been saving for a house, but it could also be, it could also be for something else. <laughs> like get the hell it could out. It could also be a house in Sweden. Yes. <laughs> it could also be a house in Sweden. <laughs> and I also keep getting ads for like, Hey, you might have Polish ancestry. You could become a Polish citizen. I'm like, really? Hmm. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the European Union. We citizens. <laughs> Some places are better than others. Yeah, I know, but oh, right now here it's oh anyway. Oh boy. So um so this is gonna be interesting, folks, because we want to talk about uh the amazing, wonderful, stupendous developer slash publisher that is Microprose, its long history. It's influent it's influential games throughout its history. Um but not all of us have played their games. So that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting thing, because I think there's three there's at least a few of us. Okay, so who so I think there's two of us here who have not played any microprose games and Ju- and that's you, Julie, and that's you, David. Right? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? I I only played Microprose games when they were for Axis and no longer Microprose games. So a big Sid Meier's fan, but not in his Microprose days. Right, fair. That's fair. I've actually been um, reading his book because uh, I heard there was a lot about Red Storm Rising in there. It's a great book, by the way. Just side note, really great well, book. Sid Meier wrote a book. I need to need to check up on that. It's really, really good. Really, really good. Wait. Okay, so hang on a second. Side note, why 485, who is, one, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about Microprose. Two, the whole reason I was inspired to play old Sims for several months. Uh, and three, three, currently a developer with a game being published by Microprose. <laughs> which, 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 
a game called Tiny Combat Arena, which invokes the classic Microprose, like, Harrier. Which is currently on the game being played on screen. Yeah. Because it needs no introduction. So, 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 so the developer of the game that inspired me to play all these old Sims and is making an homage to old Sims himself, you, sir... Sir, sir, have not played a microprose game until a couple of years ago. Okay, uh, 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 nah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Sure. I yeah. I uh, wow. You really must have. You really, sir. You're, you really must have. Our minds blown. <laughs> uh, can we bring him in here? Can we bring him into the podcast? Can we bring him in here? Can we? Can we? Can we do this? Hang on, I, I'm I mean, fascinated by this. If we, if we really want to, then absolutely. If you want to have an impromptu guest in the form of, why not? <laughs> why not? We're doing this live. Fuck it. Why not? Hang on a second. Uh, YH85. I'm gonna make you a podcast guest so you can join our our, our stupid stupid thing here. <laughs> hang on a second. Just gonna give you the oh role. What? <laughs> You know, why not? Just hang on a second, for God's sakes. Okay, so here's, hang on. I'm going to give him the podcast guest role so he can see the thing. Oh, some, you already did it. All right. So, Mr. Y485, <laughs> if you have a microphone and headphones, scroll all the way down the, the list to the podcast studio and join us because I need to, I need to, I need to talk about this. <laughs> so, what did you decide for a guest on your podcast? 15 minutes after it started. <laughs> we have never well, done. We are live. We've we never have, done this way before. We have never done this before. We have never just been like, "Hey, you, get the fuck on here." We have never done this before. <laughs> you here now? There he is. I'm not being idiot, no, yeah. <laughs> there he is. Hey. Oh, hello. Very confusing having the stream open at this the same time. Uh, just you mute the stream so you don't hear yourself twice. I've made that mistake. Um. So, sir, welcome. What is your real name, by the way, Mr. Wyatt at 485? What is your real name? Brian. We got two of them in here. Okay, wait. Why are I? Wait, why are I? With I. Okay, fuck. Good. Okay, I don't have to hate you. Good. Good. I don't I don't I don't have to I don't have to grit my teeth and talk to a mortal enemy for an hour. Okay. Uh because people who spell their names with, with Brian with a Y are fucking wrong. And and they're 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 they're, they're <laughs> abominations against God and man. Anyway, Brian, that's it's weird saying that name because it's weird saying that name. Brian, welcome. So, folks, if you're not aware, there's a game coming out called Tiny Combat Arena. It invokes a certain a look of a certain era of flight sim, pre 3D acceleration, late 80s, early 90s, when flight sims were more. Fun than fidelity, basically, and um, when when they're more about the campaigns, when they were, my friend who wrote for magazines back then calls them pilot sims because you were a pilot in a war, and it was less about pushing buttons and more about uh, being a part of a being a part of a larger machine, as opposed to DCS, which is flipping buttons and flying around in an empty world. Who knows doing what? I don't care. But um, I don't care about DCS. But he's making this game that we're streaming. I, I downloaded the trailer from YouTube because that's the only place I can get it because for some reason they don't have it in Game Press or anything. And so this game is great. It's coming along well, sir, by the way. Uh, it's coming along great. I uh, really can't wait for it to, for it to hit 1.0. 
But what you said in the chat that you had not played a microprose game until a couple of years ago. I want to hear this story. So, so if you don't mind. So there what? is a technically to that. Oh, okay. Okay. Elaborate. Please. So Falcon 4, I have played a lot of. Uh-huh. But Falcon 4 is very much like the last gasps of the franchise. It's also the last gasp of the pilot sim, really, of the 90s. Really. It's yeah. like it's like that last gasp of that era of flight sim. Yeah, it really was. So that's my one caveat on that. Technically, that's not true, but that was like the very end of all that. What I have played is a whole lot of Janes, a whole lot of uh, mm. the A10 Cuba. Yes. Um, I have a whole list. I posted this list in the Discord a long time ago. The uh, the fun flight A couple sim years list. ago, <laughs> yes. So, so a couple years ago, when I was working on my game, uh, well, not the game as it is now, but like the itch.io kind of prototype version of it. Oh, that thing. I remember. What was it called again? Uh, well, I changed the name to Tiny Combat Legacy to make it very clear this is not the same game anymore. But oh, right, I see. So it was Tiny Combat Arena, except it's now Tiny Combat Legacy. Tiny Combat Arena now has a Harrier. That's a whole long, yeah, that's a whole story. Uh, so I I was running into that problem where I was playing all these like like DCS. Well, I was wanting to play something like DCS, and I was like. I don't have the time for this. I just want to fly around and shoot. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, I don't blame you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I am the sort of person to play DCS on the regular. I do enjoy it, but I do absolutely understand where you're coming from. And if there was an easier way, I would have probably taken it. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed, I've actually recently got kind of big back into DCS enough that I bought a Verpal throttle as well. I know oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You guys were talking about this recently. It's uh, like a uh, 300 euro investment in memory serves. Uh, I'll never have to buy another throttle again. Oh, oh you, absolutely not. You hope. <laughs> this thing has... They, they cannot add a plane to DCS that has more buttons than this thing. <laughs> it's, it's humanly impossible. You need to like have a B-17 and you could operate like three of the turrets simultaneously. Oh my god. <laughs> so... I was looking for a game that was that had realistic elements to it, but wasn't, you know, like I needed to study for it. I mean, DCS is literally a study sim. Like you, you have to actually it's study. In the you name. Have to put, yeah, you have to put effort into it. And there aren't any. And I was like, there used to be games like this. And one yeah. of the biggest ones for me. And the one that is probably the biggest, um, probably the biggest influence in how Tiny Combat works, and even from conception, and even where the name comes from, the arena part of the name, is Over G Fighters, which was an old Xbox 360 game that was horribly misunderstood when it came out. It got what's... very bad reviews because people didn't know what it was. Wait, what's it called? And what it Over G Fighters. Over G Fighters. And so what this game... Oh my god, don't get me started in this game, because I can talk about this game. Well, I have a, I have a 360. I have a, three, I have a 360. So I'm going to look it up. You should check it out. Yeah, I'm going to. I think you'll be surprised. Well, that looks fun. Uh, so that game was such a brilliant mix of realistic mechanics, 
Like you have to think about things like missile energy. About uh, you can't just hold the the stick all the way back because you'll bleed speed. Uh, your planes can stall. There are radar mechanics. Like you can notch a missile in this game, which is this good. is a console game. So this all has to fit on a on a controller. So there's going to be a lot of streamlining going on, despite the depth of the mechanics themselves. And I was like, that's what I want. And so that's where like the first original versions of Tenny Combat and all the prototypes came from. Um, and once I started working on the game in earnest, uh, which was probably 20... I was overseas when I released this first. 20... Let's say 2019. That might not be right, but that's it's about there. And I was like, okay... Over G is like my golden standard, but I used to play a lot of these old games, um, and games used to be like this. And for me, I grew—I was a Jane's kid growing up. I played so many of all the Jane's games; like those were my main flight simulators. And so I found uh, a copy of Jane's Fighters Anthology, which works just fine on PC one, on modern PCs. It's oh, really yeah. amazing! It's like one of the few Jane's games where you don't really don't have to mess around with it; just works. Which is amazing. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. It just works. I don't know how great. they did it. I don't either. <laughs> uh, so that works perfectly. And so I started playing that. I was like, man, this game's really good. And that sent me down a rabbit hole of just like looking up old flight simulators. And then I found the a video by Silicon Classics on A10 Cuba and A10 Attack as well. And that video literally changed everything about the game overnight that turned into like the style is almost directly lifted from that game if you see people i have shown screenshots of a10 cuba and people confuse it for screenshots of my game like that's how <laughs> I, I i have no shame in saying a10 cuba is basically what my game looks like there's not a problem uh, with that a10 cuba is a beautiful wonderful game no it looks question Oh yeah, it looks incredible. I have a folder of like 200 screenshots that I, cause I always took so many screenshots. Like this is my reference. And while I was at work, I had like a slideshow of these screenshots just going, uh, just continuously. And I always have this in the corner of my eye, and I'm always thinking like, how do I do this? How did they do this? How did they, uh, how did they model everything? And that's a whole. That's how. That's where the style comes from. Just just staring at those screenshots for hours while working, while working at my like real job. Uh, and once after I played A10 Cuba, which that's a whole story we don't have to go into, but you should try that game. It's really amazing. Oh, it's a great game, uh, folks. It's not available digitally anywhere, which is just a crime. No, it's stuck. I think it's stuck in like one of the a licensing limbo. Yeah, probably. Activision bought it for Activision published it for PC, and the guy who made the game is still around. He has some. He has some game on the the Apple. Oh, what's it called? An app store? Yeah, he has he has some yeah. game on the app store that huh. is like a stunt island kind of thing where you Ooh. fly around and it's just stunts. I don't know. I'm assuming it's similar physics, and the physics in that game are like are they're really good, and they they hold up really really well. Wow. Um. So I started looking at just like all the old flight sims. I started looking up all the old sims. I I remembered. I remember playing, and James is the big one. Um, I don't have a list right now, but uh, 
and inevitably that meant the microprose games. And so I just started finding old microprose games and just trying them because I was like, I mean, I know they were a big name. This is before the microprose deal and everything, by the way. Um, I, I, I know they were a big name, and I was like, I know, I know my dad used to talk about these games all the time. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> so That's my dad great. talked about F19 in particular. Like, I, I have heard for like decades of my dad talking about, okay, you have to play this game, it's the best flight sim of all time. <laughs> it is pretty great. Uh, <laughs> so I did eventually play F19, and it kind of gave me a crisis because. I do think it is genuinely like excellent. It is. And it's so it's excellent. Just, it's so good. Like the design is just unbelievable. And the thing is, is back in those days, that's what the mainstream game was on PC. Like flight similar. It's really hard to overstate this to people who didn't like grow up in the nineties and stuff. But flight simulators were om- were practically the first person shooters of the day, as in they were almost like the default game that you made. They really they were, they were yeah. the graphic showcase. They were they were where a lot of famous developers cut their teeth on, like Sid Meier. What he was doing before Civilization, he was the designer for F nineteen and like M one Tankleton. It's yeah. really nuts. F F fifteen gunship. Yeah, absolutely. All those classic uh, microprose flight sims. But yeah, it's it's amazing how some of them still hold up. Like I I played F nineteen a few weeks ago, and I'm, it's still a blast. It is still so much fun. <laughs> F nineteen is like the only flying game I can think of that is so solid in its design. You could make a two D version of that game. And it would still be great. Oh, it like would a top-down two. Yeah, version. yeah, and even make it turn-based. Why the hell not? It would still work. It would totally work. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. <laughs> okay, th- so these are all free ideas. Somebody please make this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Tiny, tiny combat radio too. Tiny combat well, too. Consider that there is a turn-based, uh, two turn-based games that were. Uh, put under the Sid Meier name, Ace Patrol and Ace Patrol Pacific Skies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah those, I played those. And they're pretty good. Yeah, they're, those are pretty yeah. good. Plus, there were a couple others Avalon Hill did, like Flight Commander and uh, and uh, Over the Reich, Octung Spitfire that are also excellent. Um, sadly, those are not available digitally either, which is just a freaking crime. Those are amazing games. Um, so what did you, so did you eventually did play F-19? Did you play any of the other, uh, Microprose flight sims after that one? Let me try and find the list, but I think, um, I mean, F-19 is one of their best in my opinion. I mean, F yeah, F-19 I, and F-117. I also played tank sims and stuff like M1 tank. <laughs> oh yeah. Those are Game of two working as a nightmare. Hey, the steam version works like there. I it's haven't a, tried it. It it well you have to like delete a file, but once you delete a file, it works. I was shocked. They got it they got it in a wrapper and it works. I was honestly shocked they got M1 Tank Platoon Tank Platoon 2. That's hard to say. M1 Tank Platoon 2 working. But they did. Yep. 
Though now, of course, we also have Gonna Heat PC, which, speaking of Microprose... Oh, man, yeah. I I don't think they're publishing that one yet, but it looks like... Belongs right in their wheel, the new the new Microprose wheelhouse. Oh, I know. Never mind. They aren't. <laughs> they aren't. It just yet. sounded. They, they, just they look like, like something the they would publish, would isn't it? Yeah, yeah. they're, not. they're yeah, which, not. It's an interesting portfolio that they've made for the recent years because just kind of interesting because what I most knew Microprose for was uh, the old XCOM series. That's the thing I played when I was younger. Not. I'm not that old, don't worry, but I played it younger because it was very easy to get uh, for cheap on GOG, and it was really fun, because it's XCOM, it's really good. Uh, but it's interesting that they inst- that they opted to go, uh, the new version of Microprose opted to, like, double down on various hardcore sims, or, like, sim-like games. The I- CEO is real into the old Microprose war games. Yeah, I can uh, tell. He, he basically, I don't know. I don't know how much I should say, because I, I have personally spoken with him like many times. I tried, uh, I tried he, to reach out. I did try to reach out to them. Just FYI folks. I did try to reach out to the new Microprose and get them on, but I never heard back. So, uh, so <laughs> he, with, from my conversations with the guy, <laughs> I guess all I'll say is that he bought the Microprose name with the specific goal of trying to bring back this kind of classic style sim. Well, and so what he's been doing is, well, what you've been seeing is he he just like finds people and says he's he's building a team and he's any, anybody who's making games that look like they would be in the microprose vein, he's like, "Hey, you want to do something together?" And that's that's how I got involved in all this because I was just working on my game, and then I got a message from from him on Twitter, and he was like, "Hey, you want to make a game with us?" And I thought it was a joke. I didn't. I didn't even think it was him. <laughs> um, so I was just kind of replying with like gifs and memes at first. <laughs> well, eventually, I realized that that he was serious. I was like, "Oh, this guy's for real." I thought he was. I thought this was just some guy because I've been contacted by like Billy Mays and stuff, and it's all just people. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, Brian, just just a question in in, in between. Uh, as far as I know, he's uh, really involved in real uh, uh, military simulations. Yeah, uh, for, I, I, for I real did. forces, uh, for real, for real armed forces. So as far as I know, no, yeah. I, I did, I did read yes. an interview. I did read an interview with him a while back when uh, all this started coming about. And yeah, he did. He was very clear and adamant about not only his love for Microprose, but how he wanted to bring it back, uh, the new one, but still like focus on what made the original great. Um. And so far, he seems to really be, because uh, you know when you see a publisher come back like Atari or something, it's like, oh look, Zombie Atari. What are they going to do? Nothing. Okay, great. Have uh, they done anything recently? No. Speaker hat. No. What was that? Speaker hat. What's that? It was an Atari hat, like a you know baseball cap, and there were speakers in the brim. What? Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. What? Wait. What? What? Wait, oh, okay. 
Yeah, that sounds like zombie. Why? That sounds like zombie Atari. Um, <laughs> and then someone Brains. tried to someone tried to make a new Atari twenty six hundred style console, and I don't think anyone gave a crap, like at all. Uh, yeah, the VCS. They tried to make a new VCS, and no one cared. Uh, I don't oh, think anyone. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think anyone. Why would cared. you want that? Yeah, exactly. Like why? Um, so. I, when I saw that microprose was coming back, I was very nervous because I, I I don't know about you guys, but I there are a couple of developer publisher houses that I miss every day, like SSI and Jane's and Looking Glass, you know, a few I you know, Origin. There are there are a few that I miss every day. And Microprose is one of them. Like, oh my God, I'd wake up like I miss Microprose, you know. <laughs> first thought of the day. And oh. then we got Microprose and we saw the and we saw the the game lineup, which included things like Carrier Command 2, uh, B-17 Mighty 8, Sea Power, Sea Power from the developers of Cold Waters. Uh, Task Task Force Admiral. Task Force Admiral, which is, isn't it? Oh, no, that's not out yet. That's something no, else. No, it's but not out yet. yet. A lot of really big, like, stuff that people really would have wanted. And then we got other stuff. We got um, High Fleet. <laughs> which which was, like, in development for, like, years. six, six yeah. years. And I've been waiting for it for two of those. And then suddenly they're just being given a ton of cash for Microprose. And then it comes out. Yeah. It was good. That, God, that game is just incredible looking. That it's just that the style of that game with all of its 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 UI being physical things that you're twiddling with and it's oh my gosh that's how game UIs used to look and I love it yeah it's brilliant yeah I still have to play it I have and it but I haven't played it yet so far the releases have been pretty good Carry Command Two was uh, had a rocky start but released a competent game if one that and they're still working a bit- on it. Yeah, they're still oh, yeah, they're uh, still releasing updates. Yeah, they're still approving it. So I mean, uh, I would argue it just didn't live up to being Carrier Command, which it's Carrier Command. That's a, a high bar to clear, and it's better <laughs> than Gaia Mission, though. That's not saying much. No. <laughs> so, so Brad, um, do you remember? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jacob. Uh, well, High Fleet is brilliant. Uh, what else has like come out from Microprose so far? Uh, Ground Branch, I think they're still working on. Kind of a SWAT. Uh, they are still working on it. Kind of a Rainbow Six yeah, gra- SWAT tile their, style thing. Regiments had a few public tests, and I played that. A, I played that a bit, and that that's pretty good. It's like a kind of like a mix between uh, War Game and World in Conflict. Oh, I see. Oh. It's the War Game like, which is especially appropriate now that Warner has come out, and it's. <laughs> it's uh... But yeah, they're, they're they're doing a lot of they're doing a a, a role playing game looks like called crossover. They're looking they're doing a thing called tiny football. Uh, they're doing oh, a yep. rogue roguelike called drop. They're doing a lot. They're of, doing a mist like called Naya, something like that, or mist riven this style of game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a good. I think it's a really good mix of like classic microprose plus a couple of, but microprose also did do sports games. So tiny football, for example, is not really like they had microprose golf 
if you remember that, uh, <laughs> which is apparently pretty good. I never played it, but apparently it was pretty good. So they did sports games as well. So tiny football is not really like too much of a stretch <laughs> for the new Micropros. <laughs> it is some racing yep. games too, like the Grand Prix games. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's a manager yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They did the Grand, Grand Prix game. Micropros did see... Micropro seemed to do just one of everything. They really, did. I mean, they did Magic the Gathering, which was like really. I'm not a big Magic the Gathering fan, but their Magic the Gathering game was excellent. My God, yeah, those little walkers was really good. Especially the strategy thing that was made by freaking Sid Meier. That strategy game that was based on the. Oh my God, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh my God, so good, so good. Um. So yeah, like Microprose did a little bit of everything. And that was kind of the part of their downfall too. If we can be honest, <laughs> it's kind of how they fell apart is they tried to do a little too much after a while. Well, well let's take it in another direction for a second. For okay. those who have played Microprose games. That's a good question. What was the first one that you recall playing? Okay. Well, for me, I know it was F F19. That was the first one I ever played. Uh, back in 88. And then I went back and got all their other flight sims after that. I got gunship. I got F, uh, F 15, one and two. Um, and then, you know, and then I bought every, pretty much every Microprose flight sim after that. <laughs> oh my God. You want me to talk for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> well, I'll, before that, I'll give my answer. Since I asked the question, my first one was Hellcat ace, which I played on the Atari 800. Damn. That's, that's like the third Holy game. Shit. 1982. That's like their third game. Oh, yeah. Damn. I played it. It was around 85 when I played it. Oh man! <laughs> wow, Ace, I was six. <laughs> I've never even played well, that great. one. I never even played that one. Like I didn't go back any further than gun, like Gunship. Like that was the furthest back. Uh, F fifteen was like the furthest back I went. Um, I played some of the other ones that were uh, ported to the NES after that, but that was my first one. That was my first flight game, actually. Oh. Back in right. <laughs> Back in the early, like mid to late 80s of Microprose, like I said before the show, I was busy playing real military. But my first two games like Microprose were Silent Hunter and uh, and Harpoon, which I enjoyed a lot because I obviously... Wait, Silent Hunter was Microprose? No, was, no, it was that was uh, SSI. SSI oh. and but, uh, but clearly influenced, clearly influenced yeah, by Silent Service. Right. So uh, I mean, I I didn't really take notice of Sid Meier's game until after he left Microprose, and I'm still a big Sid Meier's fan. You know, one more turn and all that. But hmm. early games like Microprose, I I more favored naval combat, uh, maybe because uh, in the real military I was. Uh, in ground pounder unit that guarded Fort Knox, but and I was at Eighth Army headquarters for a while. But uh, yeah, so I I was never real big on air combat. But yeah, those are my aside from as somebody mentioned in the in the chat, bonk 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 bonk. <laughs> but, but other than that, my first computer I got, which 
was unfortunately microchannel architecture and cost twice what a good computer does now. But my first game I bought for it was Harpoon and uh, great fun. Which we talked about has a kind of a side thing to Microprose since he worked, Larry Bond worked with Sid Meier on Red Storm Rising, which is probably one of the finest submarine sims you can still buy today. Um, Thorsten, what were you going to say? What was your first Microprose? Oh, oh my God. The first one was Silent Service. Uh, nice. nice. And then, and then I bought uh, I bought every every single game uh, until 1988. <laughs> uh, nice. Every single one. I've uh, I said it before. Uh, Solo Flight was was the game that introduced me to to flight sims. Oh wow! Uh, really introduced me me, me to to flight sims. Uh, uh, I learned I learned navigating in in this game and. F-15 Strike Eagle, the original F-15 Strike Eagle, uh, was the one that introduced me to air combat. That's nice. uh, uh, it, it's it, it's crazy looking looking back uh, uh, at these times. Oh my god, really. F-15 F- F- Strike Eagle, I think, like really set the look for the next several years, like the pyramids everywhere. Yeah, and everywhere. yeah for sure. <laughs> yep, yeah, that for sure. Um, and pirates, airborne ranger, and oh, oh my God, Red <laughs> Rising, gunship. <laughs> I still regret not playing Red Storm Rising back then. I really wish I had gotten over myself, but you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> Live and learn. Yeah, exactly. But, the uh, manual alone for Red Storm Rising was was is is is. is, is. It's wow. so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an introduction to modern naval warfare. <laughs> and that's a game you can still play for and play for years because the because of that amazing campaign. There's really hardly anything like that campaign in that game. Like, oh my god, like just astounding. Uh so uh, yeah, kind of. I gotta say, Brian, it was your game that inspired a lot of this. Honestly. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Your your game inspired me to take a few months off of space gaming to play all these old Sims that I've been playing and having such a great time with. Um, and and your game is coming along great. I I must say. Uh, by the way, thank you. I was actually working on it like as the podcast started. <laughs> I was checking in code. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about Microprose, it would make sense that you would show up. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they have such a history. And, friends, if you're wondering, like, are we ever going to talk about space games? Microprose did some space games. Uh, not a ton of them. But they did a few. Like uh, Lightspeed and Hyperspeed, which, if you've not played, are actually really good, like, space fighter adventure game things. Like you fly a ship that's as big as Manhattan, but you can also fly fighters to defend it. Um, and there's also like a puzzle game that helps in engineering, uh, but it's also an adventure game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, light speed and hyperspeed were excellent. They also did Mantis, which was not as excellent. Um, <laughs> actually, Mantis was kind of terrible. Uh, but you know, so they have done some space game. Oh, and of course, Master of Orion one and two. Of course, Master oh. of Orion one and two. <laughs> it took us way too long to mention those. <laughs> they also did Star Trek: Birth of the Federation, which yep. unfortunately had some issues, but it 
it had the potential to be a really good game if they ironed out those issues. It would have oh, been much, God. much better. Yeah. I actually played it. Managed to like get an abandonware version because it's not available anywhere digitally, of course. Which is weird. Probably one of those weird <laughs> um licensing issues. Yeah. yeah, possibly. Though admittedly I don't feel like I most people lose out much. It's an okay 4x just play if you're looking for an old 4x just play master of orion 2 well the one thing that it did that that i haven't really seen in any other 4x game since was its combat system because when you only have a couple of ships on each side you have to deal with maneuvering and maneuvering actually matters because your firing arcs are dependent upon your placement in in the turn-based combat Yes, but also the ship balance was completely shagged. Well, it was. It was. And you could also have a death ball that uh, would just steamroll anything. At least until the Borg showed up. Yep, I'm still mad at how how they freaking done my boys the Romulans. They just... uh, I don't (laughs) know why they just made their stuff ten times worse than everyone else. (laughs) Probably cloaking devices. Now, one game that Microprose did... Yeah, but the Klingles were broken as hell. They were too, yeah. Yeah, the balance was all over the place in that one. One game I want to talk about that Microprose uh, published, at least, that I don't think went as far as it deserved was Subwar 2050, if we remember that. Basically, Underwater Wing Commander, basically. That and, game uh, was so good. It's Why so have good. we only gotten Aquinox, that mediocre Aquinox since? The, the sad thing was, Side note about Aquinox is that the game that started that series, Archimedean Dynasty, was much closer to Subwar 2050 than the Aquinox games are, which is so confusing to me. <laughs> but Subwar 2050 was made by the folks who went on to make the iWar games, uh, iWar Whoa. 1 and 2. Um, okay. So that kind of talks about their. And I've been trying to get them on the podcast for years, let me tell you, because, oh, my God, the iWar games. But, <laughs> but um, All right, yeah. and then it got bought out by Interplay. Go ahead. Uh, uh, or Infogrames or whatever the hell they were called. or Yeah. Uh, but Subwar 2050 was, like, one of those really, like, like, they, like Microprose has so many games that are one-offs that are so, like, unique to Microprose, like Darklands. And uh, Master of Magic <laughs> and Sea Rogue and, and just all these one-offs that were so freaking good that, that never went anywhere else afterwards. And I don't think it wasn't because they were bad. I just think it's because one of the great things about Microprose is they were willing to try different things. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that made them great. Uh, not everything worked. Like, does anyone remember Zeppelin from 1994? You shouldn't. Yeah, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it wasn't very good. Uh, I, I I also want to mention because you uh, uh, mentioned Darklands, uh, there was a precursor, sort of the Samurai, which had a great graphical style and was also a great game in in all regard. And then there was uh, combat action, uh, probably one of the few really uh, uh, really. Good spy games out there. Oh, covert so, action! Not many, yes, not many, not many, not many can, uh, men, uh, people like it. So, yeah, Don't yeah, and and it's it's just so weird to look at their list of games and see all these like 
one-offs that like never went anywhere. Like the president is missing. I don't even remember what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, yeah, the, uh, that's another spy game, but it was uh, pretty much inspired by by uh, by its times. Uh, a lot of lot of video sequences and and and, and, and a lot of uh, such uh, such stuff. It wasn't really good. It had not no great replayability, sadly. Uh, that's a shame, because so many of Microprose's games—that's a thing about their a lot of their games—is replayability. Whether it's you know covert action or F nineteen, uh, you could you could just load up F nineteen and play those campaigns for years because they just you know you, you you finish one campaign, the next campaign is going to be different because because they knew that pe- they wanted people to play their games for years. So that always I think amaz- the context. Sorry, no, I think the context of having a pilot that you're following through with added so much to it. Exactly, because it's not. It's not just a random mission generator, and it is kind of quote unquote just a random mission generator. But the context that the game gives you, you're flying in a base. Like the first thing you see in F19, and this, like. God, as soon as I even started that game, I was already going, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. The <laughs> very first thing you see when you start that game is a clipboard with a list of pilots, and half of them are retired, half of them are dead. And the very first thing you do is scratch off one of their names and write your name into there. And it's like, that sets the tone for what's happening, like, without any storytelling. and It's just shown that, okay... This is what's going to be happening. This is very dangerous. Get going. It's, oh my God. <laughs> it, it puts you in there. Like you're looking at a clipboard and a cup of coffee and some aviator sunglasses. And then suddenly you're like in the briefing room. I mean, you're, you're the pilot. It's not just a, I mean, there's simple menus, but the, but the, but the, um, the flavor, the context that they put these simple menus in just adds so much to how connected you are to these games. And it's and very it's RPG almost RPG like. Yeah, I was about to say it's almost character driven. Like you're a character in this well, war. It's career mode. Yeah. It's a career mode in that right. literal sense. And and I think that's one of the reasons their games could be played for years because you're following a career. And if you somehow survive and get to retire as one career, you could start a whole nother career and have a completely different experience. You know, because you'll have different missions. It, uh, uh, <laughs> they did so much right. <laughs> they did so much right with so many of these. And games. then they kind of just stopped. Well, I think they, they didn't just stop. They, they, they. I think one of the reasons they fell apart is they tried. They tried to do a little too much. Uh, do y'all remember them trying to branch out into arcade machines? Because that didn't. Uh, go. I didn't. That didn't. Yeah, go, I do. it, it didn't go well. It, there was when would that happen? There was an F fifteen arcade game. An F-15 arcade, it looks incredible, by the way. Yeah, and it's not bad. But yeah, for, especially at its time, especially in its day, it looked amazing. Um, but like, they didn't do well. Like, no one really wanted to play those in the arcades. So, like, it was a real shame too because I played them because I'm like, oh god, F fifteen, of course. Uh, but like, I rarely saw anyone else playing those, and apparently that was a huge, huge money sink uh, for them. 
And uh, then they tried all this licensing stuff like Star Trek and whatnot, and that didn't work out really great for them either. Uh, well, yeah. Fernando mentioned uh, the, the Star Trek Generations game, which was uh, admittedly terrible. Not good. But they were working on a game that was not eventually published, but it was a tie-in game to Star Trek First Contact. Now, what makes it interesting, this this concept of what they were doing, was that it could be played with seven players, multiplayer co-op. And everyone was going to be taking on the role of one of the main bridge crew. So you're trying to take back the Enterprise and avoiding assimilation while you're playing as one of the main bridge crew with up to seven players. That that concept sounded great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly why it failed uh, to actually materialize, but some of that concept stuff is out there. Yeah. Um, paying a lot of money for licenses, I believe, is one of the other reasons they started to fall apart. Like they paid a lot of money for the uh, both the Mech Warrior and um, Star Trek licenses. And it's a shame because Mech War- the Mech Commander games, those are great. Both of those, those yeah. are fantastic. And I'm going to say out of the four original Mech Warrior games, I think three is the best. Come at me if you three want. Is, I think three, three is, is the my best. favorite. Yeah, I think it's the best of the four of them. Uh, three has the best mech feel. Oh, it does. And have you played it with a force feedback joystick? If not, get a force feedback joystick. Seriously, it's astounding. I have a Microsoft uh, force feedback stick, and the the force feedback in that game is tremendous. <laughs> Speaking but, of licenses, they also published as uh, Starship Troopers: Terran Ascendancy, the RTS, which apparently is really. I've not played that one. But it was good. It's really good. <laughs> it was good. It was. And I Explain. think it was just underrated. Yeah, it was ah. actually underrated for for what it was. Uh, it didn't last that long before something happened. I don't recall what it was, but um, but it was published in two thousand, and it kind of left store shelves not long thereafter. Well, I think PC gaming was in a real big decline like late, very late nineties, early two thousands, like consoles got so much of the focus with the PlayStation two, with the dreamcast, with the Xbox. Entirely that, fair. That PC gaming was really in decline. Uh, of course it didn't go away, but like everyone's eyes were on consoles instead of the PC. So it doesn't surprise me at all. And also Microprose was kind of in its death throes at that point, you know? Um, like it was in it was, 2000. Yeah. 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 It was really, it did like a, after that, it did not push out a lot more games. Like it pushed out in 2001 XCOM enforcer. Wow. I forgot about that. Ugh. one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I felt that one in my soul. Whoops. <laughs> was that the first person shooter? Was that that one? Yes, uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Person shooter. And yes, it was terrible. Uh, yeah. Brian, it, it isn't. It isn't a great wonder, though. Uh, if you look how it uh, worked out, uh, I mean, uh, I wrote it in the chat. Bill Steely was uh, effectively bullied out of the company uh, previously already. 
uh, when Spectrum Holobyte uh, and, and Microprose merged. Oh, and, God, uh, right. I forgot about the Spectrum. The, the, yeah, and all the great, great deaths left. Uh, Arnold Huntrick wasn't, wasn't there anymore. Uh, he, he, uh, he joined Bill Steele in, in, his, in his new company. And uh, a lot of the other guys weren't, weren't there anymore, too. And of course, it's, it's, always, it's always the same problem. The larger the company gets, uh, the more the bean counters I, I get for, into the way. I completely forgot about their merger with Spectrum Holobyte. I can't believe I forgot about that. And that was, I think that was That's really, yeah, but I think that was the first nail in their coffin as well, was the merger of, with Spectrum Holobyte. I think because, I think I read That's somewhere, because they were hemorrhaging money so badly from trying to do arcade machines and whatnot that they had to do a buyout. Um. And and so Spectrum Holobyte was the uh, was the buyer, and apparently that didn't go well <laughs> for Microprose. Oh yeah, I I remember that now. I forgot about the Spectrum Holobyte thing. <laughs> yeah, and Spectrum Holobyte has a hell of a legacy on their own too, with the Falcon yeah. games, and and uh, God, what else? Tornado, I think was was theirs. Uh, they had uh, some Star Trek games as well. That's right. That's right, they did. <laughs> oh, the coffin with the fi- the final nail in the coffin was Hasbro. Oh, you might be right, Fernando. Oh, yes, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. right. I think you're right. I forgot. I completely forgot that Hasbro. <laughs> I think I blocked it out. I completely forgot about that. Oh man, it's such a shame too because they were going so strong, and I think they got. I think they tried to get a little too big for their britches, which I think is what happened. Um, Cause like, I think they were getting into arcade games while a lot of people were getting out of arcade games because yeah, you know, definitely because arcades were waning in popularity in the mid nineties. And that's when they decided to jump in. It's like, um, uh, no, are you sure about this? <laughs> this is not a good idea. You guys. <laughs> yeah. They, they picked a poor timing. Very poor timing. And they invested apparently a lot of money into their arcade games, which is uh, <laughs> just a shame. Uh, just a shame because if they if they had done arcade games in the mid-80s, like if they had done a gunship arcade game in 1986 or something, you know, that would have that would have been gangbusters, probably. You know. Um but yeah, that such a shame. <laughs> they came in so late to that because like, I think that's when they really started to spread themselves a little thin. Like, cause like for the first several years, they were really focused. They were tight, you know, and what they were doing. And then they started to be like, what's, what is even, what is even flames of freedom? I don't even know what that is. Um, that's midwinter two. What and is it? Was great. What is yeah. it? Midwinter two. Flames of Freedom is Midwinter 2? I didn't know that. Yeah. I never played and the first Midwinter. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's an action role. Oh. Oh, this actually looks pretty good, actually. <laughs> this actually looks really interesting. Wow. That was a very interesting game back then. Wow. I might have to, I might have to dig a copy of this up. <laughs> Sadly, it's not available anywhere, like a lot of these games. Uh, legally, anyway. <laughs> God, how great would it be if all the Microprose games eventually came to Steam and GOG? 
Like all of a them. Lot of them brilliant. A decent amount a lot of, of them the are. Games, yeah, yeah, a decent amount of them are, but there's still some that aren't, which is, you know, uh, a shame. Like, I don't think Gunship 2000 is on there, are they? I don't think so. The new, the the last Gunship game is, but I don't know that 2000 is. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think 2000, uh, yeah, Gunship, exclamation point. <laughs> God, what a pile of crap that was. Uh, yeah, they've got Gunship, uh, <laughs> which is just not good. Um, but they don't have Gunship 2000, which is really the best entry in the series. In my opinion. Um, yeah. So I, I would just love it. I don't, I don't know what's like, why don't they have task force 1942? For example, why don't they have uh Oh, they do have the ancient art of war games. Um, but yeah, some of these they don't have, like, I don't think you can buy Civ one or two. Can you, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Oh, they did well, on, uh, on, <clears throat> I think on GOG, you can get Civ. Civ 1 and 2? I have to check. Let me look that up real quick. Be surprised. I didn't think Civ 1 and 2 were available digitally. I would like to try colonization again. Oh, that's the wish list. Uh, Yeah, they don't have... I don't think they have... uh, I'm not sure if they have colonization. Yeah, they only have Civ 3 and 4. Yeah, the license. I, I imagine some of this is licensing. It's got to be. Nobody it's, wants it, to do it, the work. It, it's got to be. They have the original colonization, which is hilarious. They do. Yeah. <laughs> though, if you have though, what's interesting about colonization is that if you have Civ Four, uh, you can get the remaster of colonization within the Civ Four engine. Oh yeah, right. It was an expansion oh, yeah. of Civ yeah, Four. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Which is also quite good. Which is also quite good. There was also a a freeware uh, iteration, free call. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Another great game. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, I I guess in a way, it's just kind of sad that remembering how Microprose fell apart back in the day. But now it's nice because they have, they're back. They got better. And yeah, they did. <laughs> zombie microprose is not really a zombie. They're they're an actual. It's like a. It's like an air instead of just a zombie. It's like Gandalf the White. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. I like that. I like that go, a lot. Actually, that's shocked. a great way. Go I have shocked. no memory of this software. <laughs> God damn it! Got chucked into a, got chucked into the pits of hell, and uh, came back better, all better for it after a long fight with a freaking demon. Uh, but uh, but but yeah, no, it's really great that I mean I'm quite happy that Mike uh, Brian, I'm especially ha- I'm sure you're especially happy that Microprose is back. I mean, were you planning on getting a publisher at all at, at like at any point? Not really. It kind of just happened, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> there was <laughs> I did have in the back of my mind because the the announcement happened that Microprose that there was a new Microprose. Um, that announcement happened while I was working on the old version of the game. And I remember just thinking, like, yeah, it'd be kind of funny if if uh, Microprose, if I got a thing for Microprose. And so after I lost my job, like my real job, I got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, no. Um, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this full time now. And then I started to th- 
to wonder like what the game might need if I were to shop it around. And just by coincidence, that was the time that I got the I started talking with the with Microprose. So I just got fantastically lucky. I'm just gonna say that outright. Like <laughs> Uh, just the way that happened and the timing. Well, honestly, I so. think your your game really fits the mold that they're going for, this new one. I, it was I, a game that was very much inspired by the classic, that like the classic, but the old mentality for making a flight simulator. And there's a lot of overlap between that and what Microprose, the new Microprose was trying to do. So. I think the word classic it totally worked works. out for me. Yeah, I, I was I, in the right place at the right time. Yeah, right. I think the word classic works. Honestly, have you played um, their Harrier game? Or was it was it called Harrier Jump Jet? Have you played that one? No, the only old Harrier game I've played was the Domark one, which I think you did play it. At. Yeah. Oh, play. excellent game. Excellent. It game. is kind of impenetrable, but it is. <laughs> but it is really impressive in the physics it has for the time that it came out. Yeah, and the campaign is now granted. I haven't really played it because it is. I find it just too difficult to play. It it really the manual is horrible. The manual is so bad, and yet it it throws you in with one of the most confusing interfaces I've ever encountered in any flight sim. <laughs> yes, so the game described in the manual sounds incredible, and that's really <laughs> the only. <laughs> that's really the oldy old Harrier game I think I've played. Well, yeah, well uh, Harrier is just kind of a coincidence. Yeah, Harrier uh, Jump Jet was a sim that they that Microprose did that was actually quite good. I think it just hit Steam and GOG recently, actually. Um, yes, by a different publisher. Somebody else did that. I, I think, think it was Atari. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a Microprose that, there, game. The, no, no. I mean, the game was, but the recent release on Steam. There's something oh. weird with that so, legally because so, Microprose so, didn't do that one. Yeah, so what happened was after Microprose got bought out by Hasbro, Hasbro got bought out uh, and merged with Infograms, which is now effectively Atari. Oh, right. So if anything is published now by under the Atari name, uh, it's because Infograms got it, and then they've rebranded themselves as Atari SA. Yeah, I know, I know there's legal funniness going on here. Um, yeah, I because should... I remember talking with the uh, the Microprose CEO, and he he mentioned about having to to get some of the the IPs so that he could use them for things. Mm. So he probably has to buy them back from Atari. That <sighs> would be the most likely thing. Yeah, just mm. because they, yeah, uh, when Hasbro got bought out by infograms uh they got the all the licenses or most of the licenses presumably oh boy <laughs> it's unfortunate the legal mess for all these things like i am so sad that the, the james games will never oh ever god see right i if, if they ever come to gog i will have a fucking party i will drink tequila that morning because oh yeah i will be so because it's not only that the availability, but getting them to run. Like, can if anyone in the chat knows how to get Israeli Air Force running on Windows 11, please let me know. Because I would love, or or World War II fighters, or or USAF. I can't get any of them to run. 
God damn it. Dope. Especially especially IAF and, and USAF. Oh, really so good. Again. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm really and, happy we could play Fetter's Anthology because that's an amazing game. I'm really happy we can still play that one. Um, very unique, that one. <laughs> Interestingly, regarding this Chains games, uh, Fleet Command is on Steam for, for several years now. Yeah. Oh, that's and a good point. Chains game too, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Fleet Command. Oh, that's a different... Oh. There's no... Jane's branding on the Steam page. Interesting. That's correct. So it's That's just correct. It's, it's just only, Fleet it's Command? Fleet Command, right. It's just right. Fleet Command? It's not Jane's Fleet Command? It's oh. I didn't realize that. And also and all the uh, 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 little little uh, movies to, uh, do miss in the, in the current version. But uh, you don't need them anywhere. Anyway. Hmm. So that might have been a licensing thing too, just so that they remove the branding. From it. Yeah, that that's the thing is, is like for I know this is not the James podcast. <laughs> it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. We, we, it's all related. It's it's all related. We love James. Those of us who have played them, so it's fine. <laughs> so like Fighters Anthology or any of those of the Fighters era of games, like those are those would be so difficult to separate the James licensing out because so much of that UI is just full of it. Like the whole, there are whole <laughs> sections of the game. The, I forget what they call it, but they have like a, a database viewer where you can look up like, Oh, this is the a seven. And it gives you this huge, like, it looks like it's just ripped out of some, the actual Jane's like magazines or something. These huge pages of statistics and descriptions and history. And like, this was honestly like one of the best ways to find information on games at the time. Cause you couldn't just look this stuff up easily on the internet. Right. Right. And and the, I, I just love the manuals too. Like, oh, those, those wire bound spiral, uh, spiral manuals that all the Jane's games had. Oh. Man. I wish I can get them to run. I've really tried. I've, I feel like I have to build a legacy machine to do it. <laughs> like build a 19 windows, 98 SE machine. To do it. I think that's the only way I would get some of them to run. Uh, but speaking of manuals, the the Falcon Four manual, mm, I have the big binder. Yes, like, that is like yes. genuinely one of my most prized possessions. Oh God, I, I've said on stream before when I show that thing off. That's one of those things I would run back into a fiery. And if my apartment was on fire and I got my wife out and my ki- my cats out, if they were out, that's one of the things I would run back in for. Is my Falcon Four binder manual? <laughs> I would put myself at risk, um, just for just for that just for that one, and probably my EF two thousand strategy guide. Those are like two of my prized possessions. Ah, <laughs> uh, and, and you're right, Mosgrom. Like, like I think that's one of the reasons, like Fighters Anthology still works is because it didn't rely on early, early direct X or early 3d acceleration. Like, uh, the later Jane's games did. Yeah. The, that game is all software. Yeah, exactly. Software games are ironically, well, maybe not ironically, if you know how they work, but yeah, those are the ones that are the most easy to get running. Right. Anything in that, anything in that like early 3d dead zone. Oh is, God. Like 
really difficult like, to like, run a like 1997 to 2001 are yeah. just, oh, God. like I've tried to get Meg Alley to run. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, everything was moving so fast back then. It and was. It's, it's so, there was a paradigm shift like every year in graphics APIs and how everybody writes their games. And then maybe you would have to write your game for like every specific graphics driver too. It was ATI, like, Matrox, yeah. 3DFX, you know, all those different. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. And so you'd get the CD of like, oh, this is the incoming CD that works only with specific ATI cards. Oh, God, this is the right. one that works only with Voodoo <laughs> cards. This is the one. Like it was just, it was the wild west back then. It really was. Like I, I try to explain to people if you want to really understand what how monumental gaming was in the nineties, look at a game from nineteen ninety, and then look at a game from nineteen ninety nine. Like, just the difference in UI graphics, every sound, everything. It was things moved so fast, and then they kind of didn't. Like if you look at a game from two thousand ten and two thousand nineteen, it's like okay, they look. They look pretty much the same. <laughs> yep. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, Jose, uh, Jose, um, a lot of those games from like 19, like late nineties to early two thousands, a lot of them don't work or, or like if you want to get interstate 76 to work, for example, you got to kill Explorer. You got to kill Explorer.exe. I'm not even kidding. There's a utility that if you want to play Interstate 76, it kills Explorer.exe. Then you can run the game, and it runs okay. And then when you kill the game, it it it, re, it reloads Explorer. And when I'm not I'm not even making this up. That's how you have to run Interstate 76, for example, because it's such. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no freaking sense. But. Games uh, that that's why I'm enjoying playing these pre 3D acceleration games because they're just like oh it's DOSBox pretty much you know it's just pretty easy you know they all run you know, some better than others but they all run uh, and uh, it's just great fun it's it was great fun being inspired by your game to revisit this era this this classic era of flight sims that I've been having so much fun with mostly <laughs> like not every game has been fun. But most of them. Have you played Tornado, by the way? I don't remember. Have you played that one? I did. Yeah. Okay, Tornado. Good. I, I didn't play it that much. Of the DI games, the one that I played the most was IF-16. Although I think IF-16 has a bunch of different names. Yeah, uh, it's it's F-16 fly, Fighting Falcon and IF-16. Beware. 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 I, I'm not sure if, if IF-16 is, is actually a, a digital in, integration game. Uh, it is. It is. It, it, it was. It is. It was, it I think it was their last game, but in America, at least, it was published by Interactive Magic. That's why it had that I in front of it. But I believe it was like one of their last flight sims, and I believe over in Europe they called it F sixteen Fighting Falcon. I think. Uh, um, so looking at yeah, looking at Moby Games, it was F sixteen Fighting Falcon in Europe, and I have sixteen in the U.S. Yeah but I'm pretty sure that was one of their last flight sims. Really great sim. All their sims were great. Uh, I, yeah, I have 16. I like that. The thing with Tornado for me is it got to, uh, 
I don't want to study for this point. Because there were there were games like that. Like that's fair. Yeah, there's definitely it's... a lot of old flight sims that you can pick up, but Tornado was not one of them. That was a very complicated one. Yeah, well, I I got to admit, I've I've got the 300 page manual version of that one, and uh, I loved reading that manual. <laughs> I loved learning that sim. Um, that's probably one of my favorites of the era is Tornado. Um, but uh, and probably F19 as well. Probably F-19 is probably one of my favorites of that era as well. Cause God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like it's like you're playing thief, but as an airplane. <laughs> yeah. It's go hide behind yeah. a sky bush or something. <laughs> like you uh, like the, the radars. There, okay. So there's different radars on the ground, different types of radar. Yeah. There's two and different the manual types. has, yeah. and the manual has different, has diagrams of how you have to approach these because a, I forget what they call it. Uh, uh, it's a pulse radar and a Doppler and radar. A, yeah. yeah. Okay. So a pulse radar, you have to fly uh, directly at it. And I forget the reason. Oh, because it minimizes your RCS. Yes. But a exactly. Doppler radar will pick you up if you fly directly at it. So you have to fly perpendicular to it. So you oh, get yeah. these radar pings as you're flying around and you can tell which type of radar it is. And then you fly, you have to plan how you fly over these SAM sites to make sure that you don't get seen. And every little thing affects your RCS. Like if how much your banking affects your RCS. If your weapon bay is open, you're usually going to be visible by everything around you for a few seconds. And then they start launching alert 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 vipers. We're watching Twitch Battlestar. <laughs> and they start launching uh they start launching fighters and it's Oh my god, this game is just brilliant. I had a crisis when I played that game. I was like, oh my god, I wish I had played this game like a few years ago, because then I would have just made a new F-19 instead. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you still can. Call, if it, this... call but... it F-20. <laughs> Wait, we have that already. We have those already. I mean, but, the uh... funny thing about the F-19 is that the F-19 in the game is a pretty fantastical plane, but you could make... A if you swap the F-19 with the F-35, pretty much all the capabilities the, the F-19 had in that game are real on the F-35. So it could now even the, be more simmy. And I mean, it, they but it would be totally right. Ish with the F with F117. In F117, you had you could fly as to you fly as either what they called the Lockheed. F-117 or the Micropros F-117. Yeah. Oh, really? And the Micropros, yeah, and the Micropros F-117 was, I think it was the default, and it was basically just the F-19 but reskinned. Um, <laughs> and then if you flew the, the Lockheed F-117, then you had less weapons, the plane was slower, but it was stealthier. Yes. <laughs> I never, I didn't really get into F-117 because I'm like, oh, I'm, I've already played this. And I like the other yes, one it's, better. <laughs> it's an F-19 reskin with aspirations. Yeah, same for me. <laughs> and friends, a lot of these games that we're talking about, you can get on Steam and GOG today. Like, you can go get F-19 if you've not played it. And and you don't need a joystick to play a lot of these old Sims because they didn't expect people to have joysticks back then because they were expensive, you know? And there weren't a lot of them uh, in the late 80s. Um, so uh, you can easily play it with a keyboard. And you'll be spending a lot of time in autopilot on that one anyway. Uh, except when you're like 
changing course to avoid being detected. Like, oh, I'm going to fly around this hill. But it's easy to fly with a keyboard. I think I flew it with a keyboard when I streamed it. Um, I think those games play better. Well, F, F19, F117 specifically. I, honestly, I think those games play better with keyboard than a joystick because the physics are so strange. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> the physics feel like they were designed with the keyboard in mind. So You might be right. You might you, you, you might absolutely be right. Um, I'll tell you, LHX, which I played, I think, last week, was better with the keyboard uh, than, the, than the joystick. Um, but yeah, folks, a lot of these... Yeah. This is just a quick side note uh, regarding the F117. The Independence Day uh, tie-in game actually has a F117 that you can unlock and fly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also fly the A10. Wait, what? In in Independence Day you can fly the A10? Yeah, in the in the tie-in game, yeah. Um you can what? unlock the A10. Yeah. Oh. That's the one for the PS1 space, right? It, it came out on PS1, but I had it on the Saturn. Oh. Uh, there are apparently a lot of games in which you can... I'm looking at Moby Games. I really like... Mo, uh, folks, if you haven't checked out Moby Games, it's a wonderful resource. And you can actually like look up like which, play, which games had this plane in it. You know? <laughs> for example... And and you could see like Stunt Island had the F one seventeen A and TFX of course. Um, there are a lot. There were a lot. Quite a few games actually that had the F one seventeen A. It was a. Uh, it was the cool. This really hot plane when it was revealed because. And then stealth it, fighter. And then it turned it out so alien. Big deal. And then it, it turned out alien. to be not that great. And then it turned out to be all right. So like, yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't that great. So okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should probably start wrapping up. Does anyone else have anything they want to add before we start wrapping up? Nope. Well, Brian, this was a really fun impromptu uh <laughs> kind sort of interview thing. Uh <laughs> light, yeah. <laughs> Kind of no, thanks for having me. That was oh. uh, it's been a good time. Yeah, friends, uh, Tiny Combat Arena is currently available. Is it on GOG or is it just on Steam? I don't remember. Just on Steam. Okay, Tiny Combat Arena is available on Steam. It is really great. It's coming along. It is currently in early access, so it is not done. Uh, but uh, updates come very regularly, and it's coming along wonderfully. And if you have any interest in this like classic era of flight sims where everything was like a single shade or a few couple of shades, uh, this will really bring back a lot of good memories because it really has that, that, that early nineties look to it, uh, that a lot of us remember so fondly. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. We haven't decided on a topic yet. So, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but, uh, tomorrow on the stream, I'm probably going to play Warhammer. I think I'm done with Falcon 3.0. I think it's a bit much and I'm, probably going to play a comfort game instead. So uh, we'll probably see you tomorrow for some more Inquisitor. Uh, Have a great day, everyone. Be safe. Be well. Take care of each other. Uh, Please get vaccinated if you haven't already. Uh, That's how we're going to get through this if we all get vaccinated. And uh, we'll see you uh, back here tomorrow and for the podcast next week. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.